We're starting a new series today called Bottom Line, and uh, it's still in the Core 52 study, but in this particular series, we're going to be focused on uh, the book of Matthew. And as Mark Moore describes it, Matthew was an accountant. He brokered in bottom lines. He, of all people, snapped to attention when Jesus threw down the gauntlet of his identity, our election, ultimate realities, and global mission. Bottom line, if you want to follow Jesus, you have to settle accounts here. And today, we are going to be reminded that the cost of following Jesus is to carry our own cross. Now, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a man who understood uh, what carrying his own cross was all about. In fact, he made this statement, to deny oneself is to be aware only of Christ and no more of self. To see only Him who goes before and no more the road which is too hard for us. Once more, all that self-denial can say is, He leads the way, keep close to Him. Now, some of you may have never heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a pastor during the time that Hitler was on the rise. He was a pastor in Germany who was trying to share the gospel with people. And he saw through Hitler's schemes. He understood what Hitler was trying to bring about. And so he spoke against this from the pulpit, telling his people this was not right. Now, when Hitler came to power, that was a dangerous thing to do. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer and his family were able to come to America but instead of staying here where he would be safe, he decided that God wanted him to go back to Germany and to continue to preach against Hitler's Nazi ideology. He would be arrested, he would be found guilty of treason by a corrupt court, and as World War II came to its final days, Hitler had Dietrich Bonhoeffer executed for daring to speak against him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer denied his own safety, his own life, to follow the cause of Christ. You know, as we think about people like Bonhoeffer and others who have made that ultimate sacrifice for the cause of Christ, we sort of put those people up on a pedestal. And we think to ourselves, how in the world would I measure up under the same circumstances. But friends, denying ourselves it is not necessarily going to mean that we have to make the same sacrifices that Dietrich Bonhoeffer made. We're in different circumstances. The point is that each of us is called to carry our cross, whatever that cross may be. The truth is that every day we have opportunities to carry our cross, to prove our commitment to Christ. And the bottom line is this, if you want to experience life in Christ, you must deny yourself. You must deny yourself. Now that is not a popular teaching in this culture today, but this is what Jesus said. He told His disciples that they had to follow His example. 
They would have to die to their own desires and live for His cause. So let's read together in Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to begin reading in verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that He must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took Him aside and began to rebuke Him. Never, Lord, He said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his, their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Now friends, Jesus set the example for us. I love it when a leader challenges us to do something that they are willing to do themselves. You know, a person isn't really a true leader if they're not willing to do what they're asking their followers to do. And yet, this is exactly what Jesus did. He carried His cross. He knew that He was the only one that could do it. The mission that God had for Him was a mission that He alone could fulfill. He would not be deterred either by fear of His enemies or adversaries or the cajoling of His friends. Think about the little give and take with Peter in that passage. Now, Peter was his friend, right? How many of you would say Peter was a friend of Jesus? Absolutely, he was a friend of Jesus. After Jesus explained to his disciples, hey guys, we're going to go back to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be put to death. But don't worry, after three days, I'll rise again. Okay. Now, this was not the only time Jesus would say this. But if you were a friend of Jesus and you heard this, you might respond the way Peter did. Because he just couldn't see Jesus ever going through something like that. And he said, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. We know Peter's heart. But Jesus spoke a little harshly. <laughs> We could say harshly. When you say, get behind me, Satan, does that seem harsh? <clears throat> I don't think, again, that Peter meant to be a distraction. He said what 
I think most people would say to a loved one who was going into a dangerous situation. He, we would want to protect them at all costs. But what Peter did not understand was Jesus' true mission. You see, Jesus came for this purpose. He understood the cross that he had to bear. Now, if he listened to his friend, he would fail to accomplish that mission, and all mankind would suffer the consequence. Peter wasn't thinking about the will of God. Peter wasn't thinking about the mission of Jesus. He was only thinking how Jesus could be saved. Jesus was thinking how Peter and all of mankind could be saved. You see, Jesus knew what he had to do, and he was determined to do it. We know from the rest of the gospel accounts that the religious leaders also who wanted Jesus to fail, we might call them his enemies, his adversaries, and they would threaten him. They would try to catch him and twist his words, and they didn't like his teaching. They didn't like his lifestyle. On several occasions, they wanted to kill him, but because they were afraid of the people, they backed off. And they would have had him thrown into prison on many occasions. But as the Bible says, it was not the proper time. Jesus stayed the course. He carried his cross up that hill. But it was more than just a physical cross. It was more than this instrument of death that Jesus carried. It was his purpose. It was his calling. It was his mission. It was his burden. It was a burden that only he could carry. And it was such an extraordinary story. Consider this. Most kings do anything they can, uh, or I should say most kingdoms do anything they can to protect the king. Isn't that true? Wouldn't you say that's true? I mean, around our president, we have secret service people trying to protect him, making sure that he is safe. No one is going to harm him. This is the unspoken premise of the game of chess. How many of you play chess? Raise your hand if you like to play chess, okay? A few of you. Uh, now, what's the point of chess? You want to protect which part? The king. If the king is taken, game over, right? So when the king falls, the kingdom is lost. Therefore, the king must be protected at all costs. Now, there's another example of this. Uh, back in World War II, in fact, Normandy, D-Day, June 6, 1944, the Allied invasion of France. British Prime Minister Winston Churchill wanted to be with the expeditionary force. He wanted to be on a battleship out there as his troops entered into France. Now, General Dwight D. Eisenhower was desperate to stop him. I mean, if, if something by some chance were to happen and the prime minister were to be killed, that would just be horrible. 
But Winston Churchill wouldn't listen to him. He was just determined. He would not be dissuaded. So Eisenhower went to the king, King George VI, and he asked the king to help out with the situation. So the king went and he told Churchill that if it was the prime minister's duty to witness the invasion, then he could only conclude that it also would be the duty of the king to witness the invasion. That if Churchill went, he must go. And that's when Churchill backed down and agreed not to go. Why? Because he would never expose the king to such danger. And yet, when we think about Jesus, King Jesus did exactly the opposite. With royal courage, he surrendered his body to be crucified. On the cross, he offered a king's ransom, his life for the life of his people. He would die for all the wrong things that we have done and would do, completely atoning for all our sins. The crown of thorns that was meant to make a mockery of his royal claims actually proclaimed his kingly dignity, even in death. You see, Jesus denied himself, his physical self. He denied his own safety, his own protection in order to save us. And if we are truly to be his disciples, we must follow his example. In fact, that's what disciple means, doesn't it? It means a follower, someone who is learning from their master or Lord. And if we are to be that disciple, we must carry our cross. Now, what does that mean? Remember, Jesus had a mission from God that only He could accomplish. No matter what, Jesus knew He had to fulfill that mission. Now, according to Jesus, unless we are willing to carry our cross, we cannot be His disciples. Think about that. That is the bottom line. You must carry your cross if you want to be my disciple. Unless we are willing to die, unless we are willing to deny ourselves, we are not following the example of Jesus. No matter how our friends or family might dissuade us, we must be true to what we know to be God's calling. No matter what our enemies may do, we must be faithful to that calling. Our cross is our mission, our spiritual burden, our spiritual calling. Now, if we're going to carry that cross, we will have to deny ourselves and even die to our own wishes. You see, death doesn't necessarily mean just physically dying. It can mean dying to a desire. It can mean saying no to ourselves even when we really want to do something. Sometimes the cost of following Jesus means that we can't do what we really want to do. I might want to lie to save myself, but I, I won't do that because I belong to Christ. I might want to give in to my desires, but I refuse because I belong 
to Jesus. I die to myself. I might want to give in to that temptation, but I am committed to Jesus and I say no. I might want to please my friends so that they will like me, but I know that what they want me to do isn't what Jesus would want me to do. And so I deny myself. I would rather please Jesus than please my friends. They might not like me anymore. In fact, our friendship may die because I choose Jesus. But that's the choice, to carry my cross. On the other hand, I might not feel like helping that other person, that I feel led to help because it's going to cost me something. But I deny myself and I help them because that's what Jesus would do, right? I may be led to some area of service or sacrifice. I know it's going to be difficult if uh, it, it could cost me everything. But if I am to be a true disciple of Jesus, I'm going to be willing to give it all up for His sake and for His purpose. This is the cost of following Jesus. And it is where a true disciple discovers the difference between being a lover of Jesus and a follower of Jesus. Have you ever noticed that it's really easy to love Jesus? Think about it. You love those who love you. Oh man, Jesus loves me. I love Jesus. But as soon as Jesus demands something of us, well, wait a minute now. If you love me, you wouldn't demand anything of me. Now, that's not true. Parents love their children, and they have things they want their children to do. Thomas Akempis, in The Imitation of Christ, wrote this. Jesus now has many lovers of his heavenly kingdom, but few bearers of his cross. Think about that. Unless we're willing to give it all up, we cannot be true disciples of Jesus. Another great Christian author, Soren Kierkegaard, wrote this, If you have any knowledge at all of human nature, you know that those who only admire the truth will, when danger appears, become traitors. The admirer is infatuated with the false security of greatness. But if there is any inconvenience or trouble, he pulls back. Admiring the truth instead of following it is just as dubious a fire as the fire of erotic love, which at the turn of the hand can be changed into exactly the opposite to hate, jealousy, and revenge. Christ, however, never asked for admirers, worshipers, or adherents. He consistently spoke of followers and disciples. Isn't that true? Jesus isn't asking for us to just come and sit and worship for an hour. He's asking for our commitment every moment of every day. And if we're not willing to give that, we cannot be His disciples. If I'm just showing up on Sunday or watching online on Sunday 
and that's the extent of my commitment to Jesus, friend, you're not committed to Jesus. It's an everyday denial of self. C.S. Lewis, in his great book, Mere Christianity, wrote, Christ says, give me all. I don't want so much of your time. I don't want so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. I have not come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here and a branch there. I want to have the whole tree down. I don't want to drill the tooth or crown it or stop it, but to have it out. Hand over the whole natural self, all the desires which you think are innocent as well as the ones you think are wicked, the whole outfit, and I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My own will shall become yours. This is the deal that Jesus makes with those who want to follow him. And it is precisely why many people fall short, even people who attend church, because they love Jesus, but they don't really want to follow Jesus. They want everybody in the world to love them and like them, and so they capitulate. They give in. They cave in to the pressure of the world. Many people are on board with Jesus as long as things are easy and smooth. But when life gets difficult, when there's a cost or an effort involved, suddenly they go missing. When Jesus requires faithfulness, suddenly they seek another gospel. Isn't it interesting how people will change their stance on things when it is going to cost them something? Instead of dying to self, they die to Jesus. We give in to our sensual desires even though deep down we know this is not following Jesus. What difference could we make if we actually stood strong? You see, friends, the bottom line is that our commitment to Christ must be greater than any other desire in life, even life itself. You might remember Paul's words in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. There are many stories of those who remain faithful even if it meant death. I read this one as I was preparing for the message. Following Sunday worship services on January the 8th, 2006, five young men attacked and threatened to kill a Protestant church leader in Turkey's fourth largest city. Camille Karogli, uh, 29, had just left his church in Adana when he was ambushed and beaten so severely that he fell unconscious twice. He said, they were trying to force me to deny Jesus. But each time they asked me to deny Jesus and become a Muslim, I was saying, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. 
The more I said Jesus is Lord, the more they beat me. One of the attackers pulled out a long butcher knife and threatened to kill him if he did not deny his Christian faith and return to Islam. But he refused. And after the incident, he said, I am praising God, not because he saved me from death, but because he helped me not to deny him in the shadow of death. What a, what a prayer. <laughs> he was praising God because God gave him the strength to be faithful even in the face of death. He wasn't praising God because God saved him, but simply because God helped him be faithful, helped him to carry his cross. It was not just that we are faithful when faced with death. It is that we are faithfully making a difference in our life. We are willing for God to use our life to lead others to Christ. Francis Chan shared a story in a sermon that he preached year, several years ago. Uh, and in the story, he talked about a guy named Vaughn who radiated the love of Christ to everyone around him. A few years ago, Francis Chan shared, a missionary came to our church and told a beautiful story about sharing the gospel with the remote tribe in Papua New Guinea. At the end of the story, this missionary said, I should really give the credit to Vaughn, my former youth pastor, who loved me and inspired me to live for Christ and share the gospel with others. The next week, another guy came to our church, and he challenged us to start sponsoring kids living in poverty. The second speaker also concluded by saying, I'm involved in this ministry because my youth pastor, a guy named Vaughn, and I found out that those guys went to the same youth group. And then the next week, another speaker named Dan told us about the, his ministry to re, at a rescue mission in the inner city of L.A. And after Dan's talk, he, Francis Chan was talking to him, and uh, he said, you know, it's so weird. The last two weeks, both of our speakers mentioned how much impact their youth pastor, Vaughn, had on them. And Dan looked surprised, and then he told him, I know Vaughn. <laughs> He's a pastor in San Diego now, and he takes people into the dumps in Tijuana where kids are picking through the garbage. I was just with Vaughn in Tijuana. We would walk in the city, and these kids would run up to him, and he would show such deep love and affection for them. He'd hug them and have gifts for them and food for them. He'd figured out how to get these kids showers. Francis, it was eerie. The whole time I was walking with Vaughn, I kept thinking, if Jesus was on earth, I think this is what it would feel like to walk with him. He just loved everyone he ran into, and he would tell them about God. People were just drawn to his love and affection. And then Dan said this, the day I spent with Vaughn was the closest thing I've ever experienced to walking with Jesus. And hearing this, Francis Chan concludes, made me think, would anyone in their right mind say that about me? Would anyone say that about you? As I thought about all this, I prayed, Lord, that's what I want. I don't want to be the best speaker in the world. That doesn't matter. I don't want to be the most uh, intelligent person on the planet. 
That's not what I want to be known for. I want to be known for someone saying, wow, he's a lot like Jesus. And friends, I think that would be a great thing for us to pursue. You know, would this be something that in your heart and mind you would think about every day? How can I be more like Christ? How can I carry my cross as He carried His cross? How can I bring others to Him, to know Him, to know His love, to see His affection? But denying ourselves, that's how we do it. It isn't going to be easy, but in the long run, God will bless you. Think about Vaughn. Think about he had these young people in his youth ministry. And each one of them went out and made a difference because of he pointed them towards Jesus. And he showed the example of denying self and carrying his cross. And then they went out and did even more. Not only for them, but also how each of them was challenged to serve the Lord in different ways. Think of the lives changed by this network of disciples. When you get to the end of your life, do you want to be known for how much money you made in your life? How much education you received? How big of a house you had? Is, is that really what you want to be known for? Or do you want to be known for making a difference, for carrying your cross, for following the example of Christ? The fact is, when you make a difference, when you and I deny ourselves, that is when we truly find ourselves. Because Jesus said, when you die to yourself, you will discover the life that Jesus wants you to experience. So how about you? Are you willing to deny yourself and carry your cross so that others will know Jesus? What would you give or do if people would say, you make me think of Jesus? Father, we come to you today and we give you praise and thanks for your blessings, for how you have sent people into our life who have set an example for us to follow. Father, I, I know that this is not easy. I, I know that this is difficult even for us at times to carry our cross sometimes even to know what it is that you want us to do. But I pray, God, that each of us would have a heart of a true disciple, that we would be willing to deny ourselves to fulfill your purpose in our life. And so, Father, help us to seek that out. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Hey, this morning we're going to uh, have this final song. If you need prayer, if you need to talk to somebody about anything, I'm going to come down here and stand at the front and you can just come down to me and talk with me or before you leave, just catch one of us on the way out and we'll, we'll be glad to pray with you and talk with you and maybe even talk to you about your commitment to Christ. Are you a Christian? Have you accepted him? That's the most important decision that you can make. Why don't you come and talk to us today?